Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Eric Winnemute. He's the CEO of American Vanguard Corporation. Welcome, Eric. Uh, hi, Jeff. Uh, great, great to talk with you. Good to have you here. So, for those that aren't familiar with American Vanguard, can you just give us a, a quick overview of the company, and then we'll take it from there? Sure. Um, the roots go back into the 40s, actually. It was a dust blending facility servicing the ag, ag community um, in Southern California. And uh, over time, they, they went from formulation into active ingredient synthesis, uh, and with that, um, started manufacturing active ingredients for various companies such as uh, Chevron and Shell and DuPont. And uh, over time, uh, it kind of led to an acquisition strategy where uh, the company started buying branded products from the major ag companies that would be going through portfolio uh, rationalizations. And you know that, that strategy has, has led to, uh, since 89, uh, 50, 50 plus uh, acquisitions. Um, it's also included along the way um, We've got five manufacturing facilities uh, in North America, um, along with uh, three application systems. Uh, and so we've kind of formed a nice niche of, uh, of being there for the major companies uh, to take, take branded products that, you know, that are no longer you know, A products and, uh, and, and taking those and, and figuring out how to reposition them in the marketplace uh, and uh, you know, building nice tools and keeping you know tools that are important to the farmers uh, alive. So, are most of those products, since you've been around so long, uh, are they mostly mature, or do they have more growth to go? Uh, they vary. Um, you know, some of the products that we've gotten involved in actually uh, haven't even been marketed yet. Uh, there are some of those, uh, but. Um, most of the historic products, uh, we do grow them from the time we take them over. Um, and uh, not all of them have, uh, you know, a super trajectory, but, uh, you know, we, in all of those acquisitions, we haven't, we haven't had a failure yet. Great. So you're in an industry with much larger competitors. So how do you compete among them? Uh, well, one, uh, we're not a generic threat. We've never um, gone after any of their products that have come off patent. Um, again, we, when they're ready to divest them, we acquire those brands. So we're a little bit like the, um, the, the nice younger brother in the sandbox. We, we don't throw sand. And as such, we're, we're not seen, perceived as a threat. Um, and therefore, you know, they continue to, to uh, look at us as an outlet for, for products that, that they look to divest. Um, it doesn't mean that we aren't com we aren't competing in the marketplace. We do compete with them on on different products, uh, um, but um, generally, I think we're we're seen as a as a value play, um, not uh, as a generic that is um, working for lower percentages. And as such, our at least our U.S. market, you know, is 40 plus percent margins and continues to stay there. Nice. So what's American Vanguard's uh, biggest strength or, or your core competency? Um, well, I, I think uh, we, we have an entrepreneurship uh, mentality through our organization. 
Um, we've got very stable uh, investment base. Uh, we've got a very strong board with a, a many years of experience in the industry. Um, we can react very quickly, um, and we just don't have a lot of bureaucracy. So, you know, as such, um, when we see a, a chance or a nice opportunity, we're able to get in there and and uh, and capitalize very very rapidly. Okay. And then, what markets are you serving? What what end markets? Um, yeah. So so um, most of historically had been. Uh, U.S. crop and non-crop, uh, uh, and these are were inputs that were pesticide-driven. Um, we have gotten more involved in a little bit of nutrition more lately. Um, we've gotten involved in biologicals, which serve both the crop and non-crop business. But in 2010, we we acquired uh, some products that kind of doubled our international business, and we established uh, international headquarters in uh, in the Netherlands and uh, that allowed us to um, to build strength uh, globally um, a part of that was from the fact that domestically um, you know we were paying taxes on all of our business uh, globally at a 35 percent rate and, and with with our margins in the you know, pushing 50% in the U.S. and international markets or margins have been more in the 30% range, it wasn't as attractive. But our international business today, we pay about 1% of revenue in taxes. So that made 30% margins uh, much more attractive. And and with that, um, a lot of our growth uh, has been uh, global and in addition to these products and plants and and uh, uh, and delivery systems that we acquired, we've been acquiring businesses to obtain obtain market access. Uh, we did we did uh, a, a horticulture uh, greenhouse business in in the U.S. But uh, we've acquired uh, a business in Central America that has put us into uh, a fairly um, Dominant role there. There's about 700 million in sales, and we're about we're just under 100 million, so we're a major player there. Uh, we see a big growth opportunity for us in Brazil, which is the single biggest uh, ag market in the world. Um, so we made an acquisition there of a company, uh, and uh, uh, and that was the first of 19. And then uh, in the tail end, the fourth quarter of 20, um, we acquired a business down in Australia. So we've got we're, we're very strong in I'll say North North America, Central America, Brazil. Um, you know, is just emerging with incredible growth opportunity. And our Australian business, we had a few people there, and we acquired a very nice business down there that should give us a nice foothold uh, growing in that region as well. And, and then your customers are, are they the farmers, or you sell through distributors, or or, or what channels? Um, so domestically, uh, we sell through distribution. Uh, there are uh, there are like five key distributors that are between 75 and 80 percent of the of the U.S. market. So those are those are legacy uh, companies that uh, that 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 handle our our products. Um, in in uh, in Central America, uh, yeah, we have we have uh, companies like Chiquita. Uh, Dole, Del Monte, that we sell direct, the big plantation uh, companies. 
Um, and we see in Brazil that we will, um, we're beginning to now to sell direct to growers. And there are growers down in, in Brazil that represent 500,000 hectares. Uh, so these are just huge, huge growing uh, uh, units. And are these products protected in terms of IP? And you know, what is the regulatory pathway for, for a new chemical? So it, it varies by country. Um, in the United States, uh, every product is registered with EPA and has a vast amount of regulatory data that has um, that accompanies that registration. Uh, if 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 you own that data and somebody wants to compete with you as a generic, uh, they're required to pay you um, for the data that you you've developed. Uh, you're required to share it with um, well access to it. You don't have to give them the data itself, but uh, but that's the process in the U.S. Um, other other countries have um, similar type arrangements where there is the ability to pay, but a good portion of them don't. Um, and the regulatory process for registrations uh, varies from uh, maybe as little as less than a year to maybe five-year timeline. Um, so that's that's kind of how it, it lays out. Again, each region is different. Okay. And, and capacity, is that an issue at all? Um, well, we make um, a little more than 50% of our, of our products ourselves, um, but uh, a lot of a lot of products, you know, we source from from other locations. Um, we we've had a few supply uh, interruptions, uh, but generally, uh, no, it's 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 not it's not difficult uh, sourcing from our own capacity. Uh, yeah, we 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 operate the facilities. We obviously try to uh, to run them efficiently, um, but we we definitely have capacity to grow. Okay, and can you just touch on the uh, the revenue model and gross margins? Yeah, no, it, it, we recognize the revenue immediately. I will say in the United States uh, and a little bit in Canada, we do have um, program money. Essentially, it's kind of rebates on, on the sales that go back. So we have gross sales and net sales are what you see when we report, we report that. Uh, you know, I, I realize there's a bunch of products, but on average, what would you say the gross margins are? Yeah, so we're running right around 38, 39% is uh, our global uh, number right now. A lot of that, you know, we have been in the in the low 40s for earlier years, but as we've purchased uh, distribution companies, those margins have have come come down as an average. So part of the growth strategy has been acquisitions. But I think you've got That's a couple right. other areas I've read about, uh, you know, precision and green solutions. Can you touch on those? Sure. Um, so, from from the green standpoint, um, you know, we have we have focus now on developing biologicals um, and, and and building that out. And again, these are microbials that get into the soil, and a lot of it's around plant health and, and uh, nutrition, and some of them work as fungicides, nematicides, and insecticides. Um, and obviously with this recent purchase of Agrinos, which has 150-plus patents and over 1,000 microbials that they've, they've um, got in their bank, um, the ability to, to grow that 
uh, I think is, is, is fabulous. And uh, when we go towards uh, NBANS, which is a, a group that um, uh, actually um, has, has product areas that are, that are exempt from EPA regist- regulatory because they're, they're plant extracts that have no bio- biological or, or harmful effect on, on vertebrates. Um, then and, and in that, then we, we, we had marketed earlier under a Terminex brand, but uh, when that ended, uh, we looked for somebody to bring that. Uh, these are household insecticides uh, to the market, and and arranged or, or came to an arrangement with Procter and Gamble uh, to take that on, and they do so under the brand Zevo. Um, we we get a, a, a royalty based on what what they sell. Uh, and uh, so that goes kind of straight straight to the bottom line. It's not a well to the to the uh, 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 gross margin line. Um, and but from that we we have uh, we've now begun basic R and D. We've we've done just this year about screening about 200,000 different different isomer plant-based isomers. Um, we have a number of very promising looking. Um, uh, components that we are now looking at, at, at developing maybe a kind of a new a new class of insecticides. So, basic R and D research. We've done everything up until uh, up until more recently that the bigs do, but except for R and D. But that's a that's a new area for us. Um, but um, so probably the most exciting piece that that uh, I mean those are certainly it's very exciting. But uh, something that we've worked on for about 12 years. Is, is a delivery system called Simpass, and this is this we, we had acquired in 2000 from uh, from Dupont a delivery system called Smartbox, which which basically was the first uh, computer-driven um, delivery system that would put down a granule insecticides at the time of plant um, and and dropping it essentially basically in a furrow. And we had other other peers that were asking us, "Gosh, you're doing really well with this. Um, you know, could you put our product through Simpass?" And and we did a variety of different insecticides, but the demand kind of kept growing. And problem was, we you know our our products, our insecticides that we were delivering in nematicides, were we designed it so that about 50 pounds would go into the this returnable plastic container that would last a time of planting for about 12 hours. So you could run the whole day and you could pull off your box and, and uh, put on a new one. Uh, but adding more to that, the limit for a, per row uh, before you start bogging down the planter is about, is about that 50 pounds. So what we did is said, okay, what if we concentrated and if we took a 5% granule, for instance, and made it a 20%, then 12 and a half pounds would deliver all day. And that would allow us to put maybe three other products out there. Uh, and as we started with this, this thought process, then we thought, okay, what if instead of um, delivering the same, same volume across the whole field, we could prescriptively apply it? So if we could get a prescription uh, written and maybe we apply you know, only 25% of the field for, for nematodes, that would allow people that couldn't afford to treat their whole field for 25% of, of the actual benefit to now be able to apply that, that 
part of the field that is most affected by nematodes. The same thing with disease, the fungus. Um, the same things with nutrition, you know, or soil health. So agronomists have have figured out how to apply nutrition, and these are the big nutrients, the phosphorus, potassium, nitrogen, sulfur, prescriptively. But there has been no mechanism to deliver um, smaller volume products, such as the, the products that I've, I've mentioned. And so what we did is we, we built a, equipment that would um, basically kind of look like an inkjet cartridge where you'd snap in these cartridges. Um, you could go through the field and paint the picture that the prescription asked for and only apply product where it's needed. Uh, so this, this is a concept that, though a lot of people were, have focused on trying to get their hands on the data, the field data to figure out about yields, um, nobody was really focusing on how would you actually deliver a product if you could apply it prescriptively. So that's where our whole SimPass IP has been, been around. And the, the outlooks for this are, are just, just fabulous. Yeah, it sounds pretty darn exciting. Um, question, is it, is it open or, or, or it has to be uh, AVD ink cartridges on there? Um, we're, we're certainly open to other companies uh, putting, putting their products in there. Uh, to date, um, most of the companies have just said, look, you, 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 know, you figure out what you'd like to put through there um, and you, know, you can have access to it. Um, Corteva has, uh, they have taken the system and they're applying uh, some of their own products in that mix and we haven't figured out what the commercial part is going to be that. But yeah, it, 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 it's, it's designed to be an open platform, um, but you know, we've designed the cartridges. What's also very unique about this is that unlike our smart box system, which has a receptacle of about 10 pounds below it, you could pull the cartridge off and, and you know, put this, but you're doing the same product. But our growers, you know, wanted returnable. They love the returnable, um, but they also wanted the ability to switch out either liquid or granules um, and be able to clear, clear out a, 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 a slot and have no residue left over of that. So with that, that meant the cartridges would, would basically not be empty uh, at the time, not necessarily all of them would be empty because every cartridge is going out at a different rate. Uh, and so with that, we, we needed to figure out a mechanism with which we could credit the grower when he returned the product. So we developed an RFID system, and we nam named it Ultimus, that would do uh, a lot of things. Uh, one, it, it basically ensures that whatever goes in that cartridge matches with, or that, that slot matches with the prescription that's written. Um, it also allows the grower to pull that off, and when he returns that to his to his dealer, it automatically reads how much is left over in that in that cartridge and issues him an immediate credit. So the growers love that aspect of it. Uh, the other other piece is okay. Now refilling for our smart boxes, we essentially do. I've been doing all those at our factory down in Alabama, but now we're talking you know many times the number of cartridges. So we developed a refill station that's that's fairly, um, um, I'll say, not specifically expensive, but uh, can deliver and can, can fill about 4 million cartridges per, per unit. And those can be placed with our key uh, retailers uh, in, in, you know, not only in the United States, but around the world. And so it has grown, uh, and I will say, in complexity, uh, but 
every time we've gone through this, uh, you know, we keep, you know, checking it and and refining it, and uh, you know, we we culminated last year with five systems with the five key distributors in the U.S. in addition to Corteva, and we're able to to do uh, about 6,000 acres uh, with with basically um, little little issues. Um, and so this year is our first, I'll call it, real commercial launch year. Um, we were targeting to get on about 100,000 acres. Um, right now, I think we guess we're right at about 70,000 acres, but we're still selling uh, more systems. Um, and so this is, you know, it's, it's all of these 12 years has culminated on uh, getting to this point, and uh, it's, it's just very exciting. We, we you know, across, across the scope, um, you know, most all of our peers um, are, are enthused, our distribution's enthused. We've got units going to Brazil this year, uh, Mexico, uh, Australia, uh, and Ukraine to kind of get these, um, start, start that process outside of the United States. So the five units you had sold, was that a beta test or, or did you, did you uh, actually sell those units? Uh, we actually we actually did sell them, but I, I would I would call it a beta test. Uh, so it it you know there were sales of of, a, of the products and but again on five systems six thousand acres it wasn't anything you'd see on our on our P and L. And then now you're you're commercializing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and and from I mean we're, this year it's probably we're looking at somewhere around a million and a half dollars. So not material. I think our Peak smart box was was uh, you know probably in that eighty eighty million dollar range something like that uh, and uh, um, but the difference here is that's one product going on uh, you know consistently across the field and this system though we're we're using three to start with now next year we'll probably have the ability to do eight products I mean six products per row. Um, but it's designed to do up to eight eight different cartridges per row of different products. Okay. I'm still trying to get my mind around it. Is is this um, one big system that that you put different boxes in, or do you buy each box separately, or how does that work? Well, we own the cartridges uh, that go out, and they come back to us. Um, okay. This mounts on any planter. Doesn't matter what what color, whether it's uh, John Deere or Case IH or um, any of the other tractors. Its brackets essentially sit on the back, similar to what our smart box system does, only it's now designed to, you know, it has a meter for each one of those cartridges uh, that, you know, will, will dispense product into the soil. And, uh, you know, where the other aspects, and we, we kind of, I mean, smart box we like to think of as, was like a flip phone. It was, you know, great and we did well with it. Um, but we're going from a flip phone to like an iPhone uh, 12 and and from that we we now uh, have different stages of this that we will continue to do so uh, we have the ability to um, to place the product uh, time it with the seed so instead of you know applying product in between the seed we would just just target the seed um, we also have the technology to actually paint the seed as it comes out of the seed tube so this would be really true um, seed treatment, which is about a $3 billion market at, at time of plant. Um, so uh, we'll be unlo- you know, unleashing these technologies moving forward as we, as we uh, 
as we move through the, the cycle. Yeah, it sounds sounds very exciting. Um, my impression is that farmers are, are slow to change. Are, are they getting this right away? Do they see the value right away? Um, well, one of the the most important part to the system is building a system that will work and it's reliable, and we, we believe that we are, have accomplished. Uh, a second phase of this um, is building what I call the toolbox. So we currently have um, five products that can go through the system. Um, we are looking uh, that will be available for the 21 season. Um, we're looking to double that for 22, uh, and each year we want to you know we want to add more products. So that a, far a farmer, or more importantly, his agronomist, can look at different products and go through the system and then calculate out a nice return on investment that, that the grower would be enthused with. So we have, a, so that aspect is, you know, is moving certainly the way we want to. I think acceptance across our peers uh, certainly is, is a big piece that we feel very comfortable with where we are at there. Um, the agronomists themselves, uh, we have to get the agronomists, you know, figuring out how to write a prescription, how to paint that picture, and different companies uh, have have different levels of what we'll call precision ag players and, and the ability to now do prescriptive ag. We have uh, we have agronomists that work for us that have been have been writing prescriptions um, for other companies that are now part of a team that is essentially going to train other agronomists on on how to how to write the correct prescriptions. Um, and we've we've done so this last year. Of course, you know we we got hit uh, you know in planting time in April, uh, and all of a sudden nobody's traveling. And so what we were able to do is uh, virtually sit in the cab uh, with with the grower. Uh, and be able to walk him through the system. Uh, at the same time, you know, we, we learned that okay, virtually we can do we can do uh, basically an agronomist school on, online where we could uh, we could basically walk the agronomist through the steps it takes to to write that prescription. Um, so those those are videos that we've built, uh, and um, and there's installation videos and that sort of thing. Uh, and so it's it's really kind of a Kind of a little bit of a blessing uh, that uh, I think initially we were thinking every system that we sell we're going to have to be out there um, making sure it works, and now we we see that we can do a lot of this uh, um, virtually. But um, that being said, the SmartBox system we sold directly ourselves to to the farmers, and I think uh, our our strongest year was like 1,200 new systems that we that we sold into the marketplace. Um, for for the SimPass, recognizing this is going to be a much bigger, bigger deal, um, we teamed with Trimble, uh, and Trimble is a you know kind of global GPS uh, uh, experts, and they were able to take the prescriptions and match it to their GPS system, and be able to apply you know within a within a half a centimeter uh, accuracy, um, and and as such, they will be handling the sales of the system and also servicing uh, those systems that once they're in place. So it sounds like uh, SimPass is, is moving along nicely, but given the size of American Vanguard, when should we see it start to move the needle? Is that next year? Yeah, I think 22 we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, considerable uptake. As I said, we'll, we'll have more, more products uh, for the agronomist to write prescriptions. 
Uh, and it's not, it's not like this is brand new for, for agronomists. I know they said the nutrition side of it, they've been, they have accepted that, and, and a, a vast majority of, of growers today in the U.S. are applying their nutrition prescriptively. Uh, that being said, it's, it's, you know, it's with a lot of water uh, that, they're, that they're putting these fertilizers out. Um, this is something that you know, will not require uh, water to go with it. Um, so you know, we've got a, a, a you know, conservation of water going, uh, less, less product having to be carried out, out to the field. Um, the Ultima system that I mentioned will also verify everything that's gone down, uh, not only from, if, if, you know, from a food safety standpoint, if there's ever a question about what got applied in the field through SIMPAS, all the records will be there. But when we start building these carbon credits, uh, that system that's, that's definitely coming on board, uh, this will, you, know, you have to be able to validate you know, what you've done. And particularly with the areas of biologicals, which you know, they do a variety of different things, but one of them is help with the uptake of nitrogen. Uh, less actual nutrition needs to go into the soil as you build better soil health, and that's, that's really a, a focus today, then you'll, you'll be able to uh, basically supply your SIMPAS uh, or through the Ultima system, uh, apply, you know, send that in and to verify, you know, what carbon credits you're looking at. So that's a whole other exciting part about, you know, the green solutions that we're offering. Very good. So as we look out over the next 12 months, what are some of the events or, or catalysts that we, that we might see to help, uh, to help us along? Um, yeah, so again, we'll, we will have uh, now somewhere between 70,000 and 100,000 acres of product that's supplied with uh, SimPass so that you know, we could kind of look and see. I mean, we saw some, some great returns from our initial, but it was you know, just a few thousand acres. Um, but we'll be able to kind of publicize that and, and get that out. Um, you know, within, within our, um, uh, our other green solutions with NVANCE, they have a bio herbicide uh, that that we've identified that um, is getting getting close to being able to go to market. Um, and again, it's it doesn't require EPA registration, but uh, it, it it works um, very rapidly. Uh, one of the biggest you know products, uh, well, the biggest product by far globally is glyphosate. Um, it's got its challenges right now. Uh, it generally, you start seeing the effect two, three days out, and it's about seven days later you'll see the weed actually die. Um, but uh, this works in a matter of hours, so in about five hours you'll see it start to wilt, and within 24 hours it's, it, the, the weed's gone. So we think that opens up a whole other sector of, of, uh, of opportunity for us. It's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's an $18 billion market. Um, and uh, you know, ideal. Let's say starting off for for home home use, uh, municipalities, uh, schools, those sort of areas that you know ban that you know are not using synthetic chemistry. Um, so that's that's a very exciting look for us uh, over the next few years. I mean, well, over this next year, uh, next 12 months, as you said. Um, um, you know, we're we're excited by the biologicals that we that we uh, purchase from. Agrinos, um, they perform very well. Um, this is an organization that went through about uh, uh, 200 uh, million dollars of R&D and developed you know, some very nice, nice products. 
but didn't quite understand market access. Um, they had a, a variety of different locations and entities, um, but uh, we've got strong market access, and so our, our team's very excited about the growth there, um, certainly. So those are kind of three, and of course, they're, they're our core business, which you know continues year after year uh, to perform well. Very good. One thing I forgot to ask is uh, on the P&G um, licensing revenue, did that start already, or you know, is that something we should expect to see grow? Um, well, we do expect it to grow. It, it actually started um, in 17, I think, was our first uh, our first payment. Uh, but this was this was originally there was a uh, kind of exclusive um, negotiating period, uh, and then after that uh, we started with kind of minimum royalties. That you know will as as they grow will grow. Okay. Anything I failed to ask you? Um, well, I just say with P and G, they they uh, they've done very well um, with Walmart. I'm mean, sorry, with uh, Home Depot and Target uh, in this last year. They have uh, they did uh, beta testing with Walmart um, and ten stores down in, in the Tampa area, um, and so we're we're looking for a lot of expansion, you know, from their side going forward. Very good. Well, Eric, thanks for, for taking the time and, and sharing the story. I really appreciate it. Oh, sure. Anytime. Appreciate it, Jeff.